our program does not require a higher power. We're secular as in there is no religion in meetings. However, a notable percentage of members have personal religious or spiritual beliefs, and they just aren't comfortable with other aspects of the 12-step program. They don't like the powerless idea. Some of them don't want to turn their will and their life over, even if they have a spiritual or religious belief. Some people don't like sponsors. Some people don't like the sort of rigidity of the one-size-fits-all approach. You're listening to Inside Mental Health, a Psych Central podcast where experts share experiences and the latest thinking on mental health and psychology. Here's your host, Gabe Howard. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Gabe Howard, and calling in today, we have Mary Beth O'Connor. Mary Beth has been sober since 1994, and from 2014 to 2020, she served as a federal administrative law judge. Her new book, From Junkie to Judge, is out now. Mary Beth, welcome to the show. Thank you, Gabe. I appreciate being here. First, congratulations, not only on your sobriety, but on all of your success. If we had an audience, there would be a ton of applause right now, and it would be very well-deserved. However, this next part that I'm about to say, I imagine, always splits the room. Your now-famous op-ed, I Beat Addiction Without God, which appeared in the Wall Street Journal, continues to stoke controversy. Do you think it should matter how someone reaches recovery? Absolutely not. I mean, I support all pathways, whatever is going to work for the individual. And my goal with that op-ed and always is to just inform people of their choices so they can find the right fit for them. And I think that's going to increase their odds of success. That's always my goal. How can I provide information to increase their odds of success? I think most people believe that 12-step programs like Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous are literally the only options when it comes to reaching sobriety or recovery. However, we know those programs do not work for everyone because, well, for example, they didn't work for you. In your opinion, why do people believe that AA, NA, and the 12-step programs are the only path? And what can we do about that to get them to, to widen their viewpoint? Twelve Steps was there first, at least in modern times, and so they sort of had that historical traditional advantage. They've also become embedded in the um, in the recovery communities, in rehabs, in the training. They're larger than anyone else, so there are more meetings. And in the media, television in particular, movies, if someone's going for uh, to a peer support group for a substance use disorder, it's always uh, AA or NA. And so they just have that sort of advantage. And I know when I went into rehab in 1994, I thought I was going in for medical treatment, and it turned out I was going to a 12-step house, and they didn't tell me that before I arrived. And so even if you know that's not going to be the right fit, you're usually not informed <laughs> that that's the program until you get there. And it's really hard to assert yourself when the experts in the room are telling you this is the one and only way. And that's what they told me repeatedly and vehemently. And I had to go out and find the other options that were better for me. One of the things that you said there is that they they said this is the only way, the only way, not this is the easiest way, not this is the most popular way, not this is our way. This is the only way. Is that a dangerous message for people if they believe that there is literally only one way to reach recovery, to reach sobriety, and to get the life that they want? I think it's 
problematic and it's dangerous. It's dangerous because, for example, if I would have believed them, I would have given up because it's not a program that I could even force myself into. So to me, to tell someone there's only one way when you have no idea if that's a way that's consistent with their philosophical beliefs or consistent with whether they want to view themselves as powerless or instead if it would be better for them to be in a self-empowerment program, you're really taking a risk. I think what we should all be saying, however we got sober, is here's what I did Here's what worked for me. Here's why I found it valuable. So I think you should consider this, but there are other options. And if you know them, name them or otherwise send them to the internet. There was no internet in 94. I actually went to the library, but today the options are much easier to find. As I'm sitting here thinking, I'm thinking, okay, well, the only reason that you could dislike a 12-step program is because of that God thing, that higher power thing. Is that the only reason that 12-step programs won't work for people because they don't believe in God because they're an atheist or an agnostic? No, I, I'm on the board for Lifering Secular Recovery, and our program does not require a higher power. We're secular as in there is no religion in meetings. However, a high percentage, a notable percentage of Lifering members have personal religious or spiritual beliefs, and they just aren't comfortable with other aspects of the 12-step program. They don't like the powerless idea. Some of them don't want to turn their will and their life over, even if they believe in a, have a spiritual or religious belief. Some people don't like sponsors. Some people don't like the sort of rigidity of the one-size-fits-all approach. So there are multiple reasons. And the other thing I'll say is that there are 12-step members in Lifering. Um, some people today do what I ended up doing, which was mixing and matching. For some people, 12 steps in the beginning, because it's very structured, it, they like that structure. They like having something very clear to do. But sometimes a year or two years later, they're looking for new ideas or looking to incorporate other perspectives into their recovery. As I'm listening to you speak, you're, you're making perfect sense. I'm like, well, that makes sense. There's 12 steps. So if any of those steps don't work for you, seeking out a, a, a different path makes, well, it makes sense. But I got to tell you, in every single bit of research I read on any secular program, the amount of, no, 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 it's they hate God. It's they don't have God. They don't want God. It really comes down to frankly, I, I'm trying to clean it up as much as I can, but but it's it, it really just comes down to people believe that people who are seeking out secular recovery programs do not have a personal relationship with God. And in fact, they take this additional step of saying, and those people hate God. And I really don't know how to formulate a question, but I want to give you the opportunity to answer, well, frankly, just the internet, because that's what they believe. This. When I went into recovery, there was um, a lot less discussion about options, peer support options, and also about doing what I did, which was basically mix up the programs. I actually did pull some ideas from 12 Steps, which I'm happy to talk about. Um, so today, it is not uncommon for people to do what's now called a hybrid or patchwork plan. So I think 12 Steps as a group 
have gotten more aware that there are options that work better for some. And I think 12 Steps as a group is more open to some members also at simultaneously doing other programs. There is always a core group who believes that 12-step way is the one and only way. There's actually data that shows that all the peer support groups are basically equally effective. It was called the PAL study done by Sarah Zemor. So 12 steps is not only not the only way, it's not really a better way. It's it really should be about where is that individual comfortable? Sometimes newbies say to me, Mary Beth, how do I know what's going to work for me? And what I say is read up on the options, read up on 12 steps, read up on Life Ring. She recovers. I'm also on the board. Women for Sobriety, Smart, read up on these groups. One or two of them is going to feel like that's where my people are. That's the philosophy that's consistent with my belief system. That's where I suggest you go. But if anyone thinks that we're um, anti-God, it's really not about that at all. It's really about where am I comfortable, what philosophy is the right fit, what philosophy is going to help me as an individual have a robust recovery foundation so I have long-term success. It's fascinating to me because we live in a society that has multiples of everything, uh, multiple clothing stores, multiple grocery stores, uh, multiple, uh, multiple food places. And, and, and even within our food places, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pick on McDonald's for a moment, right? We, we, we have the quick McDonald's, the airport McDonald's. We have the big Manhattan McDonald's. It's very, very fancy. We have Eden McDonald's. We have drive through only McDonald's. So, so there's even division in that. But yet when it comes to recovery, something as serious as taking control of your life, I really think the majority of society believes, no, you do it this way, or you are not invested in your own recovery. Is that dangerous thinking? I think it is dangerous. And I will say if I do a monthly meeting for the family members of Life Ring members, because I do understand that often the family and friends have never heard of anything other than 12 steps. And so if their, let's say their son says, I'm not going to do AA or NA, I'm going to go to this other program, and they never heard of it. They may interpret that as their son is not serious about his recovery, that he's trying to find some other system that's not going to have the results of 12 steps or isn't going to be um, require abstinence the way 12 steps does or any of that. So I hold a monthly meeting for friends and family where I give my story in brief because I feel that with my 28 years of secular sobriety, and let's be honest, the fact that I'm a retired federal judge will give them some reassurance that this is a viable program. Now, it's important to point out that having fear that your your loved one has picked the wrong program is very different than being angry that your loved one didn't pick a program with a higher power or with a religious message. So that, that becomes very understandable. I, I can certainly see the concern. Do you get pushback in those meetings where people say, hey, I, I, I have now listened to what you say, but the removal of a higher power, the removal of religion and the removal of God still makes me think that my loved one has, has picked poorly. Well, when I let them know is that 
If they have a higher power belief system and they want to do family and friend support, then Al-Anon, which is the 12-step version of friends and family support, may be the right place for them. If they're a friend and family member without um, a higher power requirement, they might want to look at other options. LifeRing has friends and family, Hazelden does, Smart does, other organizations. So, but what I really try to get them to focus on is that First of all, there's this study that says we are equally effective, but also what's important is that their family member gets to choose what he or she thinks will be right for them. If the family member is going to try to force their son or daughter to do something that they don't want to do, the odds of success are going to be lower. And we need to focus on the odds of success. And they need to watch. Is my family member going to the meetings like they said they would? Are they reading the book and doing the workbook? Is their sobriety getting stronger and stronger over time? Look at the outcome. Don't, don't get invested in the how. Let them choose what they believe is right. Look at the results. That's really what I encourage them to do. Gabe Howard here to tell you about the Inside Bipolar podcast from Healthline Media. He does the show with me, Dr. Nicole Washington, a board-certified psychiatrist. That's right. A guy living with bipolar and a psychiatrist team up to discuss living well with bipolar disorder. Listen now on your favorite podcast player or visit psychcentral.com IBP to learn more. Subscribe now so you don't miss out. And we're back with author Mary Beth O'Connor discussing the need for secular recovery. I could not agree with you more that having multiple options is is better. As as I as I've already said, we have multiple options of everything, and I, I do think that people need multiple pathways to recovery. But but sticking on the the criticism of secular recovery, people point out that in AA you don't need to have a, a higher power, you don't need to have God, you don't need to have religion because you can define higher power however you want. You can choose a plant, you can choose a, a, a doorknob, a trusted picture, you can even choose a friend. Is that a reasonable thing to say that we don't need secular recovery because the 12-step program already makes an accommodation for secular recovery? So I'll say this. Some people in 12 steps do use the approaches that you mentioned for the higher power. And for some people that works for them, for others, that doesn't make sense to them. It doesn't seem to be a good approach. But the other part of it is that it's not just the higher power that can cause people to want to do another program. So even if you resolve the, the higher power idea, people often don't want to turn their will and their life over in the way that 12 steps requires. And please, I, when I say these things about for some people, they don't want to do this. I absolutely support the 12 steps when it's a good fit for people. I have no concerns about 12 steps being a, an option for those who find it to be useful, who's, who are comfortable with the philosophy, however they make it work for them. But I always want to make sure that we're not trying to make people twist themselves and, and wheel themselves into this box when there's no need for that. There is no need for me to try to force myself into a 12-step box when there are other options that are going to be a better fit. Why would I do that? 
Let's talk about how those other options work. Most people are familiar with the 12-step program, even if they've never had uh, addiction issues or alcoholism issues or known anybody with them, because as you pointed out, it's heavily covered in the media. How does the secular recovery program, and, and let's let's speak of yours, how does Life Ring Secular Recovery differ from the 12-step programs? So we have what we call the 3S philosophy, and the first S is sobriety. So we are similar in that we are an abstinence organization. We do emphasize that abstinence includes taking medication as prescribed. So for example, medication-assisted treatment is permissible within LifeRank. Any medication that the doctor prescribes for a medically indicated condition taken as prescribed is consistent. 12 steps can be squishy about that, and 12-step members can often be adamantly against it. But the, the official standard, I, I believe, is is more um, forgiving or willing to have that than sometimes you see at the meetings. The, the second S is secularity. So out of respect for all faiths and none, there is no religion in the meetings. But again, people often have personal, spiritual, or religious beliefs, and we have no concern about that. We have no opinion about that. Um, and the third S is self-empowerment. And what we teach is that you are not powerless if you have a substance use disorder. You need to fight for your recovery. But also that people are unique. They walk into recovery in different places. And so they have, um, they need to develop what we call a personal recovery plan, an individual plan for that person. So, for example, people can walk in the rooms where maybe they've destroyed their life professionally, but they have relationships, and someone else, it's the opposite. So the details of the plan might be different. And the other thing we emphasize is that the plan needs to be adjusted over time. The plan that you have for your recovery on day one and at six months or a year should be different because you've already hopefully achieved some of your initial goals, and now you're going to add new goals and work towards new um, new areas, try to go further in your life in those areas. So we really focus on the personal aspect of the recovery plan. We also, by the way, if members think that going to 12 Steps simultaneously will be helpful to them, LifeRing supports that 100%. A member is encouraged to do whatever she thinks will give her the strongest recovery foundation and the best odds of success, and that does sometimes include also going to 12 steps or also going to She Recovers. Now, you talked about an individualized recovery plan and an individualized path. Can you expound on that? Because you believe very strongly that it's it's all very, very individualized, yet people are in a group setting. So I'm curious as to how those two things resolve. So we do have a workbook for people who want some structure to go through the different, what we call domains of life. So for example, there's a chapter about feelings. There's a chapter about your current exposure to drugs and alcohol. There's a relapse prevention chapter. And it's really an analytical tool. What it, It's like checklists and worksheets and fill in the blanks. It's a way for people to think through what's their plan in these areas. But at a meeting, we have crosstalk, which 12 Steps doesn't. That means members can talk directly to each other. Crosstalk has to be positive or neutral, and there's a convener there to control it. Let's say that you're going to a work event where alcohol is going to be served for the first time in your recovery. In a life ring meeting, you can actually ask the group for suggestions. Has anyone here 
face that situation, do you have any suggestions? But they're only suggestions because what worked for me might not work for you. But hearing ideas from people in the room who have experienced it can still be useful. So the room is about um, supporting people's recovery. We call it uh, supporting the sober self, building up the sober self. But it is also an opportunity to get ideas that you then filter for what you think will work for you. I have to confess, Mary Beth, as you're speaking, it just sounds so much easier to to follow 12 steps, you know, step one, step two, step three. It just sounds easier than finding this individualized path. But at the same time, I know that the 12 steps don't work for folks. I, I can imagine that nobody shows up at any program on their best day. They're, they're, they're in crisis. They're, they're wanting to change, but something has happened. Something has driven them there. And that something is usually negative. Do you find that when people show up and they're like, look, just tell me what to do. And you're like, I I can't do that. You have to create an individual recovery path that this is a barrier to recovery, a barrier to treatment. Because I think one of the things that people like about the 12 step program is, as you said, you just give yourself over, you follow the steps and recovery happens. So definitely the structure of 12 steps is a good fit for, for, for many people. And in life, for the people who would like more structure, we have a basic text which explains the program and the ideas, and we have the workbook that I mentioned. And people can do the workbook on their own, or we also have meetings, workbook meetings, where people can do it as part of a group. So some people like those extra layers of structure. They're still building their own answers, but they're discussing it as a group. They're doing the analysis as a group. They're asking questions as a group. So that's that's how we can meet that need to a degree. But if someone wants to be told, do this now, do that next, do that next, then we may not be the right fit for them. And and that's okay. And And that's why I mentioned that sometimes people actually do 12 steps in the beginning because of the structure, but then later they want to get new ideas and they look outside. So I am not saying that life ring is right for everyone or that she recovers is right for everyone. It, it isn't. Some people will have a better fit in the other programs and that is fine. We like the number of options because that means people have more choice and they can find what's right for them. Mary Beth, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for answering all of my questions. And and thank you for letting the audience know that there are multiple pathways for recovery that can accommodate all kinds of belief systems, including no belief system. I do really, really feel that there is danger in thinking that there is only one path to recovery, because after all, if that path doesn't work for you, it literally leaves you hopeless. So Thank you for all that you have done to illuminate the world, and congratulations on your sobriety and all of your accomplishments. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to your audience. Absolutely happy to be here. Now, where can folks learn more about you? So I have a website. It's junkietojudge.com. Some of my um, writings are there. Also, my book link is there. You can order my memoir from Junkie to Judge, One Woman's Triumph Over Trauma and Addiction through Amazon and all the usual sites. I'm also on Twitter at MaryBethO underscore. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You are very welcome, Mary Beth. And a big thank you to all of our listeners. My name is Gabe Howard, and I am the author of Mental Illness is an Asshole and Other Observations. I'm also an award-winning public speaker who could be available for your next event. My book is on Amazon, but you can grab a signed copy with free show swag or learn more about me by heading over to GabeHoward.com. 
wherever you downloaded this episode. Please follow or subscribe to the show. It is absolutely free. And hey, can you do me a favor? We don't have a giant advertising budget, but what we do have is you. So please recommend the show to your friends, your family member, your colleagues. Hell, send a text. Sharing the show is how we grow. I will see everybody next Thursday on Inside Mental Health. You've been listening to Inside Mental Health, a Psych Central podcast from Healthline Media. Have a topic or guest suggestion? Email us at show at psychcentral.com. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show or on your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening.